0: No catch up, Chicago. What's really good, my people? Welcome into another episode of A Little Rant. I am your host, Sean Little. MLB, the real opening day is tomorrow. We're not talking about games in Tokyo. We're not talking about games in Asia a week before the games start. Opening day for the Major League Baseball season 2019 is tomorrow. Your boy, Sean Little, only talks about the Cubs. Cubs are at the Texas Rangers, Thursday three o five. Make sure you're locked in that afternoon. All the Sox talk. I'm gonna leave to my guy Pat Voigt. If you remember last year, we were doing a podcast called the Pale Hose Report. That will be returning. Pat will focus on the White Sox. I'm gonna talk about the Cubs, unless I add another another homie or someone else that wants to talk about the Cubs consistently. But I'm gonna talk about them until then. I had the opportunity to bring my guy at Cubs underscore live, Kyle Malzahn, onto the podcast. And we wanted to talk about the 2019 Cubs going into the season, do a little preview, how we feel about them. Expectations, what should they be? The NL Central's murderer's row. The Reds got better. We know about the Cardinals. They're always around. Milwaukee. We know what they did to us last year. We talk about the NL Central, we talk about the biggest news, Kyle Hendricks new deal, Ian Happ getting sound, uh, getting sent back down to AAA. We talk about the offseason, the, the 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 pitching staff, Lester, Yu Darvish, Hamels, Hendricks, Quintana. We talk about position players. Who do we think is going to make the biggest leap? Is KB going to get back to uh uh MVP form? Is Javi Baez, can he take even another leap? Or is that expecting too much? We talk about the Joe Madden situation. We talk about it all, man. Me and Kyle of at Cubs underscore live had a great talk. If you don't follow him on Twitter, make sure you check his account out. He talks tons of Cubs content daily. Good takes. I mean, videos to polls to insight, writes articles, the whole thing, man. I was fortunate enough to have Kyle on. We had like an hour-long talk. Great talk about the season, expectations, Wrigley Field, the surrounding new establishments, everything from A to Z Chicago Cubs. Lock in. Kyle Malzon of At Cubs Live. We talk about the 2019 season. No catch up Chicago. For Chicago, by Chicago. A little rant. Listen up. Pleasure to be joined by one of my favorite Cubs Twitter accounts, Kyle Malzahn of at Cubs Live. How you doing, bud?
1: I'm doing
2: good. You know, it's like we were talking, uh, you know, off air. It's like Christmas Eve for me. I mean, baseball is tomorrow, opening day. So uh, I'm getting jacked, and I'm sure you are, and a lot of people in Chicago. Because look, man, I mean, it's another year in the winning content contend- contention contention. Uh, for Cubs baseball. So I'm getting excited and uh it's looking to be a good year.
0: It's funny you say that because not too long ago going into seasons it wasn't about we weren't a lock to be in contention. You know what I mean? Right? So that's yeah. such a that's such a awesome change that our are like the Cubs on the north side of Chicago are a contender year in and year out and have been for a few years now. So I th- it's funny you said that because I'd already, I hadn't even thought about that. I'd already moved past that. It's just a regular thing now, and that's such a good feeling. Yeah,
2: It's like a foregone conclusion that they are going to, like, you know, they have a, we have a new mindset on the north side, right? I mean, Cubs baseball and the culture completely changed within, like, the past couple of years, and it's crazy because, like you said, you think about it 10 years ago, and it's like, uh, here comes another losing season, and now it's like, all right. Let's go win 97. Game. I mean, we won that. The Cubs won 95 games last year and it was a down season for most people. So, right. uh, it's just like the expectations are so high right now and rightfully so. I mean, they should be because the Cubs did what most teams haven't done in Chicago and that's win a World Series. So, uh, yeah, man, I mean, expectations are high, but, uh, just like Joe Madden said, never let the pressure exceed the pleasure, you know? So, uh, you, you just got to accept it and, uh, try to do what you can. Absolutely.
0: And I think as fans, period, for any Chicago, be it New York, be it Los Angeles, be it Houston, you just want to have a team that's going to compete. We know you're not we know you're not going to win the World Series every year. We know that. Right. But if we know that you're going to compete and you have a chance at winning the division, I think that's all real fans ask for. Like when you're waking up as a as a Patriots fan every year, you know, your team is going to be in contention. (laughs) and have right? a shot to, yeah. to to make some major noise. So, yeah, man, it feels good to uh, to be able to say that and to know going into a new baseball year that we'll be in contention in a tough division.
1: Absolutely, man.
0: Talk to me a little bit about at Cubs Live. If, dude, you, if you don't follow uh, Kyle, you need to go on Twitter, hit the follow button, at Cubs underscore live right now. He puts out some of the best content. And the difference and the reason I like your content is because – it's from a fan that just loves the Cubs, love baseball. There's a little bias to it because it's you're a Cubs guy, right? So yeah, it's gonna it, it's gonna lean that way, and you 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 mix in opinion with polls, with old videos, with predictions and and commentary, and it's you're yeah, very consistent with doing stuff game in game in, game in game out. So I appreciate the content, man. Yeah,
2: appreciate it, man. I you know just for me like covering the cubs in a fan's perspective is huge for me i mean you know being up to the minute on everything or you know kind of giving everybody a different taste of everything that's on the table for the cubs whether that's you know current news or facts or stats or you know throwback videos because you know in in this in the offseason if it's a slow day i'm gonna go dig up some random harry carrie call from 1994 yeah. that you know nobody really remembers but something we all can appreciate so yeah man i mean it's been a lot of fun just kind of You know, being a voice for different Cubs fans and kind of being, you know, source for different people when it comes to Cubs. You know, for me, it's a blessing. I have a lot of fun with it. And, you know, here I am talking with no catch of Chicago. So, uh, you know, no better place I'd be right now.
0: There you go, man. I appreciate it, man. All right. Let's get into it. Biggest recent news is the Kyle Hendricks deal yesterday. He got the extension. And then we have Ian Hap sent down the A. What do you want to start with? I'll let you pick. We can
2: start with Kyle Hendricks. I mean, um, if you want to start with Kyle Hendricks, I mean, that's probably where you want to start because it's a little more positive.
0: Yeah. Let's do it, man. Give me your thoughts on the new deal four year. I think it could max out at like $60 million, around, yeah. right around yeah. there. Yeah. Talk to me about yep. your thoughts about that.
2: Yeah, man. I mean, I think it's a really good deal uh, on both the Cubs and Kyle Hendricks end because the Cubs front office, you know, they have always struggled to kind of like develop that homegrown starting pitcher and they know that too. You know, that's why a lot of their starting pitching has come from different signings like Lester or Darvish or John Lackey or via trades like Arietta, Kingsana, Hamels, and even the man himself, Kyle Hendricks was. So, uh, You know, I think locking up Hendricks was kind of crucial for the Cubs to do that as guys like Hamels and Lester and Darvish even kind of start to age a bit. So, And Hendricks is a guy who I think, you know, he's going to age well too because when you think about it, he doesn't light up the radar gun, right, at all. And we know that. He barely goes past 92. So like how it was with Arietta, his velocity started dropping and a big portion of Hendricks' success, is painting the corners or kind of controlling his command, which is a lot easier to do when you're past 30 years old as a pitcher than it is lighting up the radar gun. So I like the deal. I think it was crucial for the Cubs to start kind of extending these guys because as we've seen in free agency, how that path is going right now, the Cubs didn't want to go down that path. And I think Hendricks was the starting piece, and now you got different options like, you know, you could go sign Kyle Schwarber or Wilson Contreras or, you know, you know, Chris Bryant's going to be pretty hard with his with his uh, agents, Scott Boris, but now the domino pieces start kind of falling into place, and Javier Baez and different guys like that. And Theo wants us to have this core kind of stick around, so it's going to be interesting who who the next signing is. But the first one was Hendricks in their core group, and I think that was the right move because as starting pitching starts to get a little older uh, as years go on, I think locking up Hendricks was crucial, and it was a pretty friendly deal too on both sides.
0: I think that's the biggest key. It's a super friendly deal. Hendricks is 29, yeah?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, Hendricks is 29. The The four-year deal is solid, and like you said, he he's more of a Maddox type than a Randy Johnson, 100%. per se, t- power guy type. So, yeah, I, I agree. I will say this. It, it, it was a friendly deal, which I really loved about it, and he's familiar with the staff. He's done a lot of great things for us, so I have no problem keeping him around. Like you said, him staying, he needs to keep, it's okay if you're only throwing, because obviously, like you said, he's about location, he's about movement, but he still needs that fastball to stay up above 88, 89, 90, so that changeup is still effective. You know what I mean? Right. So that that worries me a little bit just because he's a finesse guy, and it's so particular. You can always overpower dudes if you're throwing 96, 97. But he's a right-handed finesse guy, and that—that's there. There's not a lot of room for error, and we saw how in the beginning of the season last year he didn't get off to the best start. Ended out, ended out, and closed out the year very strong. But we'll see, man. And I mean, it's a fair deal on both sides. I don't feel like we overpaid. I feel like he's a good, solid pitcher, and he'll land around what he's going to be our number three or four guy. So I have no yeah. problem with it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's it's uh it's gonna be interesting how the deal kind of you know, pans out, but I'm excited for
0: it. Yeah, like and, it we're, we're, and we're we're and going to get into the, the rotation here in a bit down down the road on this, on, on the pod. Um, We got a lot to talk about there, expectations, how we feel about it. So we'll come back on Hendricks and the gang, Lester and all those guys. But let's talk a little bit about Ian Hatt. Sent down to AAA yeah, five days before the season. Give me your initial, you know what? I'm going to play the audio from Joe Madden. We'll get his take on it on Hap going down to AAA and then we'll talk about it. Here's Joe Madden sending Ian Hap down uh, five days
1: before the season. We just talked to Ian Hap. We're going to send Ian back to AAA. Uh, we just want to make sure that he gets down there and really gets a lot of consistent at-bats, especially from the left side. Uh, obviously, we consider them a huge part of our future, uh, but just based on the conclusion of last year, what we're seeing at this point this year, we think it's really important that that, that would happen that way. Uh, uh, coming to us on the major league level right now with our platooning the way we do it, um, enough time to work on the adjustments that he's been working at so diligently this off season in his spring training. So of course, i hey, with a young player. They're, they're never going to uh, quite understand it or want to do it, but I've, I've been involved in this in the past. I know Riz has been a part of a situation like this. I had Devon White and uh, Jackie Howell after him being very successful on the major league level, having to go back to AAA to get things back in order, and even Schwartz. I mean, to a certain extent, uh, being a World Series hero going back in the middle of the season. So it's it's really no different than that.
0: Okay, that was Joe Madden talking about Ian Happ. Were you able to hear that?
1: I,
2: I did not, but uh, I, I've, I've heard his comments, uh, you know, about the situation.
0: So give me your thoughts on on Ian going down.
2: Yeah, I mean, look, man, I mean, this is my stance. If Ian Happ was going to stay in Chicago, he wouldn't get those consistent at-bats he needs because Madden pointed out it was a contact problem, and rightfully so, because he hit 196 after the All-Star break last year with the double amount of strikeouts than he had hits, And this spring, you're seeing the same thing. He had 135 with a 196 on-base percentage. So, and take it for a grain of salt because it's spring training sets, right? And they don't matter. But nonetheless, his first full season in the majors just one year ago wasn't as great as people expected. So, there's kind of this sense of urgency of getting Hap right at the plate from both sides because because he is a switch hitter. And I think the Cubs know he's a better player in the long term than what he's showing right now. So, sending him down may be kind of discouraging, but – You know, it's also kind of a sense of telling them they aren't giving up on him yet, and they think he has more potential. So if the Cubs front office thought he was a guy that hit 220 and struck out a bunch and that's what they thought they would get out of him at a major league level right now, then he would probably stay. But they think he's going to do better, and it it can be kind of encouraging, too. But, uh, you know, they just want to make sure Ian Hap gets right at the right at the plate and gets the plenty of time he needs. And hopefully, you know, Ian Happ wasn't happy rightfully, so I don't think anyone would five days right before spring training uh, ends and right before opening day get in the nod. But look, man, I mean, I think this is the best thing for him in the long term. And I hope veterans like John Lester said he would talk to him at some point. I hope these veterans can kind of talk to him and, you know, think bigger picture more than the little picture right now.
0: I think you hit it dead on. I think you're dead on. I think it goes without saying that it is what it is. You're hitting below. Right. you hitting below 200. You're one of the worst contact rate hitters in the league. They want you to stay up. They're like, all right, let's talk. Let's let him do his thing through spring training. Let's see what see what type of improvements he's made or can make. And if not, then we'll get him. We'll get him down and get him fixed. It's simple, right?
2: Hundred
0: percent. You know what I mean. So I, I people I was reading on Twitter a bunch, and I was talking to a, uh, a couple other people that they were shocked by the move. And I mean, I'm sure it catches him off guard because he was up all last year. He kind of figured he's just on the squad now. Yep. But yeah, man. When you're when when they feel and us as Cubs fans feel like you have a ton of potential, can make a way bigger impact than hitting sub 200 and having the worst one of the worst contact. Rates in the league, then you got to go down yeah. and get it fixed. And I, I think bringing up being a switch hitter is uh a good point as well. They want him to have a ton of more at bats from the left side. So I'm all for it, man. Go get right and come back and be a part of the squad.
2: 100%. I think that's the best part or best thing for him right now in the long term and when you look future too. So uh hopefully he takes it kind of as a chip on his shoulder and gets right and then comes up and kind of rakes at a major league level. Would be huge.
0: It would be huge because we're going to get into the offense and the skill players as well. But this kind of – the whole Ian Happ situation brings me into what a crazy offseason it was. Crazy. Addison Russell, big Ricketts, his comments, the bullpen. Then – so my guess is that if you're Theo and gang – you have to know that, hey, if we don't see this, this and this from Ian Hat, we're gonna send him down. Right. Unless it was a last minute thing, I think that's that also leaves us another hole that why not go sign an outfielder, someone else that we we, we can use as a utility guy. You know what I mean? It yep. was it the, the the lack of signings, the the all the craziness that's going on. Have you been a part of of an off-season that's been this up and down. I'm a little uneasy going in is what I'm saying.
2: Yeah, I mean, rightfully so because, I mean, if you ask Cubs fans or, you know, just the average fan, two years ago it seemed like the Cubs were going to – this was the off-season that the Cubs were going to go out and get Bryce Harper. Then, you know, that time, you know, rolls around and all of a sudden one of the most – valued franchises and MLB doesn't have money. And it was like, what happened? <laughs> yeah. What happened? You know? Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden you have Addison Russell and that whole situation, which is a mess. Uh, don't get me wrong. And then you got the emails that came out and then you got kind of the Madden on the hopsy kind of talk, which is crazy. And I'm sure we'll get into that later, but it's just kind of been a whirlwind of uh, kind of a crazy off season. Right. I mean, Uh, just so many different things. And it's like, how did we get to this point? You know, because just two short years ago, we're the Cubs were just coming off World Series birth and everybody was, you know, trying to repeat. And, uh, now they're kind of stuck and they didn't do much to their bullpen, uh, which is their one weak link in their, uh, in their team. So yeah, man, I mean, uneasy, uh, as teams around you get better i think that's a good word way to put it so uh it's gonna be interesting uh absolutely
0: it seems because before we get into the pitching staff because that's what we're getting into next it just seems like this year is feast or famine i can see us being very very good and i can see us maybe bias taking a step back Contreras not getting all the way back schwarber not coming on like we want him to and it, it, it it's it's an uneasy feeling. We don't have a lot of yeah, room man. for error or
2: injury. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I've always said this that this season in 2019 is going to be a very telling year as as far as what players take that extra leap and what players stay the same and and that, and then next off season you kind of got to reevaluate. Just like Theo has said that this is a telling year. So, let's say that you know, guys like Elmore don't take that extra step do they go out and trade them and try to get some value? Um, It's, you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a very telling year. And if guys don't progress, I think you're going to start to see different trades happening in this Cubs core Uh, because, you know, staying content in baseball is never going to, you know, you're not going to get the results. So uh, it's going to be a very telling year and it should be interesting. If guys can take that extra leap, because last year, like you said, like we saw in 2018, we didn't really see that fully. Uh, We saw bias take that extra leap and, really that was about it everybody kind of regressed or stayed the same so uh it's a very telling year in 2019
0: no doubt about it let's move over to the pitching staff i know because i've been talking a ton about the bullpen with my homies and i know you've been tweeting out a bunch of stuff about the bullpen and or lack thereof or injuries and i want to focus on more of the staff as a whole just because in my opinion the bullpen can get filled out a little easier than that starting rotation, right? When you Darvish went down, that, when you Darvish went down last year, we had no answer for for filling that void. So, yep. I want to go in and I want to talk about the the starting rotation and I want to get your thoughts on how we look and then I got some some John Lester comments from a USA Today article I'm going to read that I thought were very interesting. But how do you feel about Lester Udarvish? It was just it was announced a couple of days ago that we're gonna go Lester Udarvish, Hamels, Hendricks, Quintana, I believe, and then we're yep. gonna. I, I don't. They didn't announce Adla- like who's gonna be starting in Atlanta, but in Texas, we know it's gonna be Lester and Udarvish. With Udarvish having a little homecoming out there. Um, yep. Give me your thoughts on uh, the the staff as a whole, and then we'll get into leading into uh, how do you uh, do you on the the old comment with Lester and Hamels but give me your initial thoughts on uh the the start the starting rotation
2: yeah the starting rotation i mean i think when you look at the NL central as a whole the the cubs probably have the most potential when it comes to starting rotation i mean when you have guys like lester and hamels and you darvish and then you sprinkle in a little younger Kyle Hendricks and Jose Quintana it's lo- it looks pretty good on paper because, I mean, you got a few veterans in, in Hamels and Lester. Hamels both and Lester are both the same age, so they're going to give you that veteran presence. Kyle Hendricks is going to give you the youth. Quintana, well, we, we know what we got out of Quintana pretty much, right? I mean, he's probably a solid four starter. And then Kyle Hendricks does what he does, and I have really no concern. And, I dude, I've never rooted so hard for somebody than you, Darvish, this year. I mean... The, the fact, can we take a step back and just like, as a person, you Darvish this year, he wants to be more personable with Chicago, the media, the fans, everything. Because last year he said he didn't feel like family. And this year he's going into the year with kind of more of a connection because he's losing that translator and he's trying to connect. So his words don't really get twisted or lost in connection with uh, any of the media, any of the fans. So he's trying to get a more personal approach. And he came in the spring looking great he's healthy which is key because last year he was pitching you know injured pretty much and just like Chris Bryant when you're hitting injured with a shoulder that you're using and just like You Darvish was his arm you're not going to do good right so getting him healthy was key uh I've never rooted so hard for somebody to come up and just you know kind of make people eat those words uh than You Darvish this year so and then Hamels you look at Hamels and it's like what Hamels, Cole Hamels are we going to get? Are we going to get the 2018 Cole Hamels on the Texas Rangers or are the Cubs going to get what he did at Wrigley Field and for the Cubs, uh, the latter part, it's going to be interesting to see because those two guys are totally different on uh, Lester. I mean, when you look at Lester, you kind of get, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get that consistency. You're kind of going to get that horse. You're going to get that veteran presence and you're going to get, you know, a stellar playoff pitcher. So. um, And Kyle Hendricks, I mean, Kyle Hendricks, he's not going to light up the radar gun, but he's going to get it done. So it's all about production and if they can produce and, and if guys stay healthy. And even if one guy goes out, I mean, the nice thing about the Cubs bullpen and it doesn't get talked about enough is the fact that they have a, they have a six man, right? I mean, Mike Montgomery can come up, give you a spot start, or he can come and fulfill a spot in the line or the rotation. And then. I don't like to say it, but Tyler Chatwood, man, he kind of looked good outside of one. Outside of one <laughs> start, he kind of looked good in that bullpen. Outside of one start, he kind of looked good in that bullpen. So, um, he did make some mechanical changes, just like CJ Edwards. So, if things kind of take a twist during the midst of the season, I know it's a long season and it's a grind. So, if one of those starting rotation pitchers go out, we do the Cubs do have two spots in the bullpen to kind of come up and fulfill that. Now, how much? Is Chatwood going to affect it? I don't know. We'll see. But uh, the Cubs' rotation, I think, in the NL Central probably has the most potential when you look at the names.
0: Chatwood has it. He just has to put it together. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So if it's just another question mark that on a squad full, I think everyone has question marks going into the season. Obviously, who knows how the signings are going to play. For example if uh, is Yish gonna do that again in Milwaukee like of course, right, right like Lorenzo Kane, those are two insane years career years like are they going to be able to put that together right those are question marks right so yeah, yeah. but I, I mean yeah, and I think that Mike Montgomery points very good. he's a six man I like, the, I, like I like the basketball six man reference in there he can come up and right. he's a, yeah he can come up and fill in, no doubt, and I'm gonna take a step back and we'll just go t- top to bottom for Lester. The age thing. And I want to I wanna read, this is John Lester. He had an interview. I don't know who it was from, from USA Today. But this is John Lester talking about age. And I quote, I'm getting kind of tired of talking about my age. Lester 35 says. It goes back to Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, Levon Hernandez. Sure, it helps if you're throwing no, uh, 94, 96. I can get away with a hell of a lot more than throwing 91, 92. But these guys throwing 100, it's like having a car that goes... Zero to 60 in four seconds. Yeah, it's fast, but they don't care about how it drives or how it handles. It's just the instant gratification of coming into a game and people saying, wow, this guy's throwing 100. In analytics, everyone talks about your swing and miss rate and hard hit rates and that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, an out's and out. There's plenty of guys who throw 100 who have ERAs of four or five. I'd rather have that guy that has less stuff but knows what he's doing instead of just throw the ball all over the place. For me, it's about results. Lester defending the 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 age talk with yo listen I, I do this this is what i do i've done this for years now stop talking about how old i am is that is that valid
2: yeah i mean look man i mean john lester is kind of obviously he's kind of getting a little older he's a pro, um, pro that, though but- Yeah, I mean, dude, he's a pro. I mean, he's going to, he's going to give you what he always does. He's going to give it his all and he's not afraid to voice his opinion. So that those comments don't really surprise me. Uh, I just think that age isn't going to, you know, kind of come back to haunt Johnny Lester. I mean, John Lester is John Lester and, uh, he's kind of like that ace mentality that the Cubs have. And he's been so consistent for the Cubs that, uh, I really have no worries about Johnny.
0: This is my only worry, right? He is the ace of the squad. And I just think that for him to be the anchor, it's he he's he's just he's teetering for me. He's teetering for me. He's not as dominant as he used to be. He showed flashes last year where he he got off to a slow start, got it got it locked in going down the rest of the season. But I don't know, man. I think you I think you know what it is at the end of the day. I'm just being a little scared bitch about just everything going into the year (laughs) and a 35 year old ACE makes me nervous.
2: Yeah. I mean, I mean, rightfully so. I mean, you definitely have a right to be nervous. Uh, I just think I would say that his resume kind of speaks for itself. And look, 162 game season is a long season. So we'll see how it plays out. And and if it doesn't work out, then the Cubs need to do some reevaluating next off season. And, Look! Look! Next off season, they have around sixty million dollars coming off the book. So if they're still broke after that, and who knows? But uh, <laughs> hopefully, yeah. hopefully, something can get done
0: there. There's, a, I think that's a good point. And the high, the the high for me was at one point I saw you, Darvish, hit ninety eight on the gun in the summer, which is great. And I I want to piggyback on your comments that yeah, I'm rooting for this dude. And also, if I'm being frank, I'm rooting for this dude because I have to. He's going to be here. We paid him. He's not going anywhere. And we're going to live and die by him producing, hopefully, up to the contract that he signed. But it's definitely encouraging to see him hit 98 on the gun, him lose the translator, him trying to incorporate just his whole world into the Cub family instead of just I'm on a pitcher on another team in the National League.
2: Yeah, I mean, dude, you Darvish, you Darvish is that dude, right? (laughs) I mean, I, I want him, I want him to kind of, kind of chuck and give the Cubs that extra step because look, the Cubs won 95 games without you Darvish last year, right? Right. So adding, adding a guy like you Darvish to the pitching staff, the guy who has the best strikeout percentage in all of Major League Baseball, he's the best strikeout pitcher ever, the highest K per nine, best K per nine ever. Uh, you're adding that to a staff that, we just won ninety five games. Like, come on, man, that's just a cheat code. So, if if he can just get healthy, man, um that's the biggest part. I mean, the command and the you know the the speed the speedometer will come, and it's just getting him healthy and feeling right and comfortable.
0: Hundred percent. It's a, I think it's a lot more mental than it is physical. If he stays healthy, hundred percent. We already know what he can do on the on the bump.
2: Yeah, that's that's kind of like my one thing about Darvish. If I have to kind of nag him about one thing it's kind of just being soft and i mean i i don't know i am who am i to say that he's soft i mean he's he's kind of taken a lot of heat but i mean what do you want a pitcher to do who's injured um i don't know but i think sitting out rather than pitching through his injuries last year was probably the best situation because if he kept p- pitching through those struggles and those injuries and his arm starts to hurt come August, and now he's sitting out another year and a half because of Tommy John. You know, I think it was probably the best call just to sit out, and hopefully he'll come back in 2019 with kind of a vengeance.
0: Yeah, that's what we're. That's what we have to hope for. And yeah, it's the first year of his deal. He needs to get right, get healthy, get his mental right. Baseball is the most mental game in pro sports, in my opinion. So,
2: hundred percent. Yeah.
0: So if 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 it's a physical ailment, if it's a mental ailment, whatever you got to do to get right, especially being on the first year of the deal, first new year in a new situation, do what you got to do to get right. And then, uh, hey, if people want to call you soft, because I definitely have in the past, that's fine. Come out, prove us wrong, and then we'll keep it moving from there. It's For me, yeah. for me as a fan, it's when you start making dollars like that I think yep. I, I think fans can can start saying and believing whatever they want until you're producing on the field. If you're you're taking up 28 30 million dollars per, then we we need to see some production. Simple as that. Right. All right, let's move over to uh our skill players. We know the bunch, man. It's the same guys, right?
2: And, <laughs> right,
0: and, and I don't, and I think another thing going into that gives Cubs a little Cubs fans a little anxiety is that I don't know about you, but I just know this window is closing with this core of guys. We're not going to be able to pay everyone. We, we it, the the window is just closing, and it's, it's we have time, but you would just hate to see it to see it go without us getting an, another real run at a title.
1: Yeah,
2: and I think and I think the biggest thing for Cubs fans kind of to wrap their head around why or why they're mad is because when the Cubs and the Cubs front office didn't go out and get Bryce Harper, it's like, you know, you have a once in a generation type player, right? And you have them, and you're the Cubs, you're in your winning window, you have money, but to tell the fans you don't have money and you don't want to kind of compete because look, no matter how you view Bryce Harper, if you think he's overrated, he doesn't deserve that $300 million, whatever. If you add him to a Cubs lineup, it totally changes it. And it it changes the demeanor when you're starting pitcher, it changes everything. So uh, I think like you said, the window's closing sooner and sooner as days go by. So um, it would be foolish not to kind of go, go all in one more time. Because it, it, two rings looks way better than one. And I know it's crazy that we're saying this as Cubs fans. Because all we kind of wanted know. was the Cubs were one. <laughs> yeah, But when, when you start winning and you have a team like this, you kind of start to get greedy because the expectations are so high. So, uh, yeah, man. I mean, hopefully they can pull it off and get one more before uh, this kind of winning, winning kind of contention window kind of closes in.
0: What do you expect let's start with Javi right what do you expect out of Javi can he take it to a higher level or would, would we just be rude to even think that or do or sh- what should we expect out of Javi and what do you what are your thoughts
2: on that yeah I, I, and I think what Javi did in 2018 was pretty incredible and and if it wasn't for Yelich's kind of absurd second half probably looking at the NL MVP right now but He did set a really high bar for himself last season. Uh, You know, how he came up, swinging at everything, everything missed. And now in 2018, it was a year of growth for him. And it was a huge year for him as a player because he showed everybody the potential that he has. And he was kind of more locked in at the plate, but not quite there yet. Uh, Can he get better? Absolutely. Like I said, he, he got a lot better with those swing and misses last year, but he still swung outside of the zone a lot. So if he can reduce that, and lock more in at the plate at all times, it could be kind of really scary. And I still think you'll get 20 steals out of Baez, probably around 25 home runs, give or take 80, 85 RBIs. And the good thing is, this year when you look at it, Baez shouldn't have to be the most important role in this offense in 2019, like he was in 2018. And I think with a healthy Chris Bryant, it sure helps kind of ease that pressure. Uh, so he's going to be an interesting guy to watch. You'll probably see a little regression stat wise, but Hey, if he could put up the same season he did again and repeat that in 2019 or kind of find a way to get better, I'm all for it. And Cubs fans look, man, I mean, if he can repeat what he does and add a healthy Chris Bryan along with him and or even get better as bias, I mean, you're looking at a pretty fun lineup, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we do see a little regression just because of how, Marvelous, his 2018 season was right. I mean, you could say the same for Christian Yelich. He had an MVP season. You're probably not going to see every other ball that he hit in the air was going to be a homer. He's probably going to regress a little bit too. So, um, and that's, and that's the beauty of baseball. You have a really good year and then, you know, it's hard to repeat that. It's, it's hard to repeat anything in baseball because it's an everyday grind. So, um, I'm interested to see what Javier Bias brings to the table. I don't think you'll see a lot of regression. I just think that. Uh, offensively, you're probably going to see around 25, 30 homers, not, you know, I don't 35, 36, whatever he fin- finished with. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be an interesting player to watch.
0: I think it's a good point that you made that he shouldn't have to do what he did last year with who we have coming back. Yeah. KB coming off an of injury, Contreras will be back. Hopefully he picks it up. And uh, we'll, t- we'll get into th- those guys in short. But, yeah, I think that's a great point. I think Javi realized he w- on the offensive end he was going to have to carry us because if he didn't we just weren't going to go anywhere right
2: right yeah 100%. so
0: i think it's a great point that you're making that javi was doing what he had to do yep. let's let's get over the whole swing and miss thing that's just going to be part of his game that like it, 100%. it is what it is right so he kind of – and I don't know if Madden had this conversation with him or whatever, but it's, I'm sure a conversation at some point happened like, hey, we're going to go when you go, so keep doing what you're doing and and uh, go out there and keep making plays on the offensive end. I think this year, if he doesn't regress, amazing. You know what I'm saying? I think right. his – um. His weighted runs created was something crazy like 130, like 132, 133 on the league average of 100, so 33% better than the league average, right? He was doing his thing last year. He was all over the place. He was our guy. On the defensive end, we were putting him all over the infield. On offense, he was carrying us. I think if he even regresses a little bit, and then our big dogs, KB, come and do what they do, and Rizzo, obviously, we expect him to do what he does, then he doesn't yep. have to I think the regress question is is doesn't even matter because if he comes in and does even a little less than what he did last year, we're still going to be a major, major issue. But yep. do, I, I
1: yeah. do
0: I but do I think he can take it to an even higher level? I, I do, man. I think he's just a baseball freak. So oh, do I, I would I be surprised if he came out and took his offensive numbers to even a little higher level than he did last year? And push legitimately again for the NL MVP? I don't at all.
2: No, yeah i i wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised either. And that's that's the beauty of Javier Baez. It's like we're always thinking as fans: a new game, new day, new Javier Baez in the lineup. What are we going to see? Like, what is Javier going to do today? It's, and it's crazy because we don't know what to expect. So that's the beauty of kind of Javier's game. Yeah, man,
0: it's crazy because that's not the. It's tough. That's tough to find in baseball. I tune in to watch the Rockets because James James Harden can legitimately go crazy and score 55 or 60, right? I tune in to watch Tom Brady or Pat Mahomes because they can go crazy and do stuff we haven't seen before. Legitimately, (laughs) Javi Baez is must-see TV. I don't care if it's 162 games in the regular season. This dude does shit that you just don't see, and it's it's absolutely a joy to watch, no doubt. Right. All right, let's talk about KD. I mean, KB, excuse me. How do you feel about Chris Bryant? You think he's all the way back. Does, is, is the swing all the way there, the, the adjustment with the shoulder injury? Are you worried, or is KB going to bounce back and be the MVP that we know him to be?
2: Look, I said this all off season that a healthy Chris Bryant is going to be more valuable, valuable to this Cubs team than any free agent signing they made, whether they went out and spent the big bucks on guys like Machado or Harper. Getting a Chris Bryant healthy and back to where he was in in the first three years of his career is crucial for them. I and mean, he looks good. I mean, his swing looks healthy, good. He says that he's 100% healthy, his shoulders signed. So with all these trade rumors between the Cubs and Bryant in the media is you know, I think you're going to see him kind of come out of the gates a little bit more with a sh- chip on his shoulder. And I know the Cubs production team; they they kind of did a piece on him, and he said, "Look, eight, 2018 was a blessing for me because I learned how to handle adversity like that. Because, quite frankly, Chris never a- had any adversity in his major league career. He had a perfect career leading up to that. When you look at it, and a rookie of the year, then he goes on to win the MVP or World Series champion. So, I think." Chris Bryant, healthy in this lineup, is a huge kind of relief for the Cubs. And I think you're going to get that MVP Chris Bryant back in 2019 because, look, the Cubs need it. They need it big time. And it showed down the stretch last year that they were just missing something. And and I think it was the healthy Chris Bryant.
0: We already have our $350 million man. He's just not making $350 million. (laughs)
2: Right? You know what I'm saying? It's a matter of time.
0: And and it's Chris Bryant. He's already there. So – yeah, I'm excited to see him get back and do his thing. And, yeah, I mean, people forget he was on a terror last year in the beginning of the year before he got hurt. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: An absolute terror. So he was on pace to have one of those years where, like, the he was on pace to have one of the years where we're like, okay, this dude is, we knew he was really, really good. And yep. we're, we're talking like 340- Thirty-five and one thirty type numbers, you know what I mean. So yep. I'm excited to see him get back. And uh, yeah, we have a three that I didn't even think about it like that until just now. Until I said that, but everyone wants to throw around these Machado numbers and Bryce Harper and obviously Trout with the big number. But yeah, man, we have a three hundred. Mi- we have a three hundred million dollar man. We just haven't given him the three hundred million dollars yet. No doubt.
1: Yeah.
0: 100%. All right. Let's talk about a player you think that makes a big leap, and I think we already know where we're going with this. But I wanna I wanna hear your thoughts, and then we can we can jump into a couple individual players.
2: Uh, leap wise, yeah, oh, leap man, wise. We... Who do
0: you think? All right, c- comes, and it, it can either be like a bounce back year, it could be just someone yeah. that takes that next leap, but. 100%. Someone that we've been waiting on and and to to kind of live out that potential and who do you think that could be?
2: Yeah, I mean when you look at up and down this Cubs roster or lineup, I really hope we see Wilson Contreras take that extra leap because you saw his potential, of what he could be in that month of August during the 2017. So I just love the fire he plays with. You know, you saw it in 2018 how disappointing his year was, no power, and I think a part of that was just kind of how much he was used behind the plate. And if you can get Wilson to kind of hit 27 bombs and hit 280, that's a huge asset to add to this Cubs lineup. So for me, I just, I just I, man, I'm a huge Wilson Contreras fan, just like Javier Baez. He plays with his heart on his sleeve. And for me, baseball, that's huge for me. Like when I see guys going out there and giving it their all and, knowing they love the game and why they want to be there and not getting content with why they're there. I think that's huge. And I think Wilson Contreras provides that be just because where he came from, you know, he's a guy who's from Venezuela. He had to leave his family when he was younger to come play baseball. And he's doing it all for his home country. So I, I just, I just love everything about Wilson Contreras and the firepower that he brings to this Cubs lineup. And I hope he can take that extra leap.
0: Contreras is a monster. Let's be real. yeah, Like, on we already I know love what, the he, guy. yeah, we know what he does on defense. We know what he can do on offense. He had a down year last year. Plain and simple, I don't think he strings two of those bad years in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean, he is getting a lot of use at the play. If we can that that backup catcher, we'll see how that 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 comes into play. If we can get him a yeah. couple of days off back there, I think that'd be huge for for him, his huge. body, and his offensive numbers, no doubt. For me. The player I need to see, because I've been hearing about it for too many years now, make the real leap is Kyle Schwarber. Coming into okay. the coming into the league, you know, he was touted as he was always a power guy, but he he was coming out of Indiana, it was more of he was supposed to be an over an overall just great hitter, period. And then I kind of yeah. think it was morphed into just he was like the big Bambino power guy. Mm-hmm. But that's what that that's the guy I need to see. He he can hit, and I need to see that consistently throughout a full year. Because if KB can come back, okay, we'll just we just shoe in Anthony Rizzo's a ride in, right? I don't care if it comes in the yep. beginning of the season, at the end, we, his numbers are a ride in. If KB comes back and 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 be, is that MVP Cowboy player that he can be coming off an injury? If Javi stays anywhere close to the numbers he put up, Contreras bounces back a little bit, and Schwarber takes a leap, those, those huge those days of us scratching our head like how do we keep scoring one run would be over with. That would be a major 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 pickup for us if if if. I guess I just named the whole roster having a solid year. But I think if Schwarber can, can uplift, because KB's a ride right in for me. Rizzo's a ride right in for me. If Contreras can get back and Schwarber can take that next level and put up some big numbers, we could be a juggernaut on O, just like we we have pictured us being.
2: Yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, the thing about the Cubs is outside of 2016, really, I mean, in 2017 and 2018, the offense hasn't fully clicked, and and yet they're still winning ninety plus games. I mean, they've averaged ninety five the past four years, and they all haven't really clicked. Like Shorber was, he got sent in two thousand seventeen. He was sent down to the minors in two thousand eighteen. You have injuries with Chris Pine and Wilson Contreras taking that step back. Albert Almora was a mess the second half. And 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 look, I mean, if the the Red Sox are kind of a team that are young. And they're a team last year that everything clicked for them, and they won 100 plus games. And that's kind of the NL, the AL version of what the Cubs can be. So if Schwarber can kind of get right, and if he can, I mean, look, he's probably going to hit 30 bombs. I mean, he has the stick. It's can he take walks? Can he limit the strikeouts? And can he get those base knocks? Because look, I read an interesting article that Schwarber was kind of sick of all these pitching coaches that mess up his swing so he's going back to his old swing that he brought from indiana and he's he's just going to be that crouched down guy with the bat on his shoulder and just hit the ball as far as you can so he's kind of coming into 2019 with a different approach and this spring i think he has like 11 walks i mean so his pitch recognition and his plate appearances kind of cooled down a little bit too so um i'm excited i'm a huge Schwarber guy too man i think that he probably has the most Raw power as far as a hitter. I don't think he's the best hitter. I think he has the most power, uh, even, even if you factor in a guy like Chris Bryant. So, um, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I really hope that Shorbert can kind of get it together. And, and when we talk about trading guys in the offseason and where this core can go, Theo Epstein loves Kyle Shorbert at death. It's like his son. I don't know if you've read the book, uh, All the Way by Tom Betarucci, but there was an article, like, there was a piece in there where, you know, Theo just like glares about his draft picking Kyle Shorber just because of how raw and talented he can be. So I don't think that Shorber will ever get traded. And that's why I think it because Theo loves him so much. But man, if if Shorber can just ah man, you know, you think about he's all the right what the he, what if. Yeah,
0: no, he's right there and, and, and it could get uh it could get really ugly if he puts it together for the for the whole line up top to bottom where right. this is a perfect segue. You mentioned we're still winning ball games and the and the offense hasn't come anywhere close to clicking yet. My next topic is Joe Madden. Do you think where do you fall on the him jumbling the lineup every other day and changing things daily? Do you think where do you do you think that's a big issue on having the offense click or do you land on more of the side of hey, you got to make changes to to key to matchups and and cater to, to certain pitching that the the Cubs will be facing.
2: Yeah, uh, when I think about that, I think of if I go in a mindset of 2016, I love the way he kind of developed the lineup, right? I mean, it was different lineups day in, day out, guys playing different positions, kind of a different way of thinking about the game. When I look at it going into 2019, you, in 2016, you don't kind of have the pieces you do in 2019, right? You don't have a Dexter follower who's gonna kinda give you that presence in the leadoff. You don't have a true leadoff guy. Um so in two thousand nineteen, I for me, I would like Joe Madden, love Joe Madden to death. If there's one thing, I would love to see him just find that leadoff hitter. And I think losing Dexter follower and that leadoff hitter for the Cubs that kind of set the tone, you know, the you go we go was huge for the Cubs. Um, in a lot of ways, because I think they don't, they haven't had that guy yet, (laughs) you know? So I think I would love just to see some consistency, um, with some guys and some guys, I mean, um, you know, Albert Almora, I would love to see him consistently stay in the outfield. I would love to see Ian Happy consistent, um, whether that's second base or the outfield. Um, just, I would, I would, man, I am so conflicted about this because I would love the consistency, but I also love the,
0: the gamesmanship, yeah.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. The versatility this Cubs team and the youth have. Um, so I have a love-hate relationship with it, but I do think one of the most needed things in this Cubs lineup is going to be a true leadoff man. And who is that? I don't know.
0: It's going to be interesting, no doubt. Continuing on Joe Madden, how did we get here, man? Is it just have crazy? Our, have our right? ex- have our expectations got to the point where? It's like, hey, you win or you got to get out of here. Growing up and and being a Cubs fan for my whole life, I thought whoever could get us a title could almost do whatever they wanted forever. Like, if Lou Piniella would have got us that title, I thought he was just going to be our manager until he either died or he just didn't want to do anything, right? Yeah. I thought that with Joe Madden. I'm like, he got the title. He won it. He's going to be a part of that forever. The city will never forget that. And he'll be able to eventually just be like, hey, Theo, you know, I don't think I should manage anymore or retire. And that was how he was gonna go. It's to yep. the it's to the point now where some people are like, get this dude out of here right now. So what are yeah. your what are your thoughts on that? And is it just the new age of the 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 MLB that tons hey, I mean, tons of managers are making the playoffs and getting fired. That that's not a that's not a bar anymore. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, dude. I mean, it, when you think about it, it's kind of interesting, right? I, I, it seems like the talk around the media this offseason has been Madden being on the hot seat, which is pretty crazy to me because he's the manager that came to Chicago during the end of their rebuild and changed the culture completely. I mean, he's averaged 95 wins throughout the last four years, four consecutive playoff appearances, which that's the first time ever in franchise history. And you think about the Cubs and how historic the franchise is. It's pretty incredible, and yet yet he was the guy who led the team to break the curse. And don't forget, he also won the Manager of t- the Year in 2015. So the accolades are all there for Madden in Chicago. But quite frankly, I think last year was his best year as a manager of the Chicago Cubs. And I say that because it's the first year he really had to fight through any major adversity. You know, I mean, in 2016, other than Schorber, he didn't lose anybody it, they were extremely healthy he didn't really have to do much I mean losing players down the stretch last year down in the division all of the adversity and he handled it so well the team won 95 games but one thing I think you have to consider is Madden's the oldest manager in all of the major leagues so that could play in a factor when you talk about contract extensions and all I know is I think that Madden is the right personality and the right fit as the Cubs Sk- skipper you know his slogans before the year the bringing the animals to the ballpark the the wacky themed road trips don't players Damn, get don't
0: hit. players get tired of that shit though doesn't that gimmicky <sighs> dude, stuff i don't know kinda, doesn't that gimmicky stuff kind of fade
2: <sighs> dude i i don't know That's that's the in clubhouse thing that you're gonna have to talk to them about but for me i mean the media probably loves it i mean it's something to write about i mean but i i just love his laid-back approach man i love it and i personally i, I don't want to see anybody else trying to be that manager for the Cubs. And I don't know who else would. I mean, Joe Girardi, there's been talks about that, but fuck that, man. <laughs> you know, like, I, <laughs> right. like, but holy man, I, man, it's tough because a guy who's done so much for an organization in such a little time, um, and has been blessed with the opportunities he has is now kind of on the hot seat, but hopefully it kind of, you know, I, I know this year I'm kind of getting on a tangent, but no, dude. Madden is, kind of getting more involved with the players because last year he said he didn't, he didn't really feel that. So now he's getting more involved in the hitting situations and the hitting coach and the pitching coach and being there and kind of giving his two cents, which I think is crucial. And hopefully not getting that contract extension that, you know, and Theo told his agent that they're not going to talk about it until, you know, they'll reevaluate during the midst of the season. Hopefully that will feel the fire a little bit. and hopefully. He's kind of a little more, you know, lenient and hopefully he's a little more kind of determined to win. Not that he wasn't already, but hopefully this kind of feels the fire that he's kind of set on the mindset where he wants to win to make feel, make a decision, you know. Yeah. Hey, listen, I could
0: could still manage. I'm not the new age (laughs) of there's still a little nuances to me because I think a lot of people think there's no there's no nuance to being a, a major league baseball manager. The analytics yeah. department sends down a report. This is who you should play, this is why, and this is that that's what you should do. It's almost like they could put anybody down there and kind of give them directions on what they should do. Madden still right. feels like there's a nuance and there's a there's some old school flavor and touch that he can put on managing a baseball team and he wants to prove that he can still get it
2: done. Yeah, 100%. I'm I'm excited to see what this year entails for him because it's gonna like i said man i keep on saying it but it's gonna be a very telling year for a lot of guys it's
0: crazy it's gonna be such a big year so many people are gonna be on the hot seat it's gonna be very very interesting man i'm excited to get it started on thursday and uh yeah yeah man before we get out of here when's uh when's the first time you plan on hitting wrigley
2: this man i'm trying to go to i think it's april 19th uh that weekend i know they play the diamondbacks i'm trying to get a airbnb down there and spend the weekend down there and hit up a few games before the summer so so you're back uh, get down there
0: you're a, you're a you don't mind going when it's when it's chilly out what is it no i'm saying in april it's going to be chilly like april ninth, it's do. still going to be cold I, I i have a hard time bro
2: i know it's it's difficult you know because when you think of wrigley it's like you're thinking of Summer, you're thinking of the ivy being there you're thinking about having budweiser's and beer and all that and it's not like
0: that in april bro it's
2: not it's cold <laughs> it's windy it, it's it, cold it's, a disaster, it's man. windy
0: and if you're and if it's a night game you're bundled up i've oh done it God, on multiple thumbing. occasions and it is just not a lot of fun I will say yeah. this: I mean, You could get out there with the buddies, though, if you guys are willing to bundle up, throw on some some beanies, and go. You can go sit in the bleachers for ten bucks, easy. Like yeah. like a Wednesday 100%. or Thursday night, something super easy. You, you you'll save some money, but you'll have to grind out the cold because it gets cold out there.
2: Yeah, I know, I know, dude. I mean, when you look, I mean, uh, my I always think about this when I think about cold. I think of two thousand and fifteen. I think of opening night, and you got. Jorge Soler wearing a ski mask out in outfield just to kind of show <laughs> yeah. you how cold it was. Like the ski mask, the players wearing a ski mask. It's the Windy City, man. It's April. It's cold. Yeah, Get it's those cold. players some warmth.
0: I'm gonna. I want to leave on this because I was just talking to this uh, about this the other day with my buddy. How do you feel about the new additions around the park, the hotels, the yeah. the yeah. I mean the the nice restaurants, the the park outside. Talk to yep. me about that. Tell me how you feel about that because me and my buddy had some some takes on it last night.
2: Yeah, I think where I stand on it is when I think of Wrigley, uh, I think of the historic ballpark, right? And I think what the Cubs front office wanted to do was kind of give it not only that have that old feeling, but still that new feeling, right? And I think that's where all these additions are coming in, like the park outside, and I think the Cubs run an office and the Ricketts family are money driven, right? They want to, they want to get money. They want to do a lot of things. And the park was a testament to that. They, they want to, you know, profit off of something where they can. And I think that's where the park came in and different businesses and hotels. And even though it was a big profit or, you know, it was a big money project, they're still going to make a lot of money off of it. And um, look, man, I, when I go to Wrigley, I like the scoreboard. I like the video board, I should say, out in left field. I'm not too sure how I feel, but the right field one, I think that might be a little unnecessary. But I do like the video board. The outside part, uh, I mean, I like it. I mean, it's good for families who want to go out there, watch a ball game, but not go to the game and just kind of want to get that Wrigleyville kind of experience. I don't like the fact that they took out McDonald's and Taco Bell. Because now I can't go get my one dollar McChicken's across the Wait, street. Wait, is the Taco
0: the Bell gone too? I thought the Taco, the taco Bell, Bell is, is still gone there. this year. Oh no, this man. year they, they're
2: taking it out. Yeah, now you can't go get your dollar taco. You know, <laughs> your cheesy bean burrito or whatever. It's, see this, yeah, is, man, I mean,
0: this is where I'm at, bro. This is where I'm at.
2: Where I I'm at.
0: when I think of the stadium, see, I. I don't care about adding the video boards. I think all that shit was necessary. Like, I want to see replays. Yeah. I wanted to see yep. that type of stuff. Right? The outside putting a super nice hotel across the street for me. I just can't vibe with that. It's not a. It's not what Wrigley is about. And I and 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 I'm not gonna say the Ricketts shouldn't have done it or that's their prerogative. They're there to make money, hundred percent hand over fist. No doubt about it. But it took away for the charm for me. I'm not saying yeah. it, like it put it like this. If I had to choose between the McDonald's or that hotel, I'm gonna pick the McDonald's. That the, right. the the charm of it was just having kind of that neighborhood feel. It's super. It loses a lot of charm for me with a hotel and apartment buildings and all this other bullshit in the off yeah. of Clark Street where. You could go to Sluggers and you would hang out and go grab a couple beers before the game. It took a it took a little bit of the charm away, but this yeah. is also America, so it is what it is. But hey,
2: I wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah, I mean, dude. I mean, I, I man, I know I don't mind it. I just think that some of the Wrigley Field tradition is gone. Like, like you say, I mean, families go hit up that McDonald's before the game and kind of get their fix in. But um, yeah, man. I mean. I
1: don't know. And how much does a hotel there cost? A hotel, I don't, dude. Like, it has to be hundred ex- dollars night. Yeah, it's had, holy
0: I, shit. I mean, it has to be expensive. And, <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't know, man. It just it, it took away a little bit of the charm for me. I wanted it's to get different. your take on that because we were talking about it's that different. last night. Hey, man, I appreciate you coming on and talking some Cubs baseball, man. Give a little Cubs season My man, 2019 preview, man. Kyle Malzahn at Cubs underscore live. Make sure you check him out. Appreciate you thank joining you so man. Much, Yo, let, let yeah, me know you. next time uh, you're in Wrigley. I'll try to swing over and we'll grab a beer or something. Talk some ball
2: dude 100% and I want to come down to the studio man I want to get in those I want to get in the recording booth I want to sit down with you and crack open a nice little beer and anytime talk baseball, bro man.
0: anytime absolutely anytime.
2: thanks so much
0: man yeah of course bro anytime you want to come down and, and, and hop in the studio we can have a couple beers we could talk we could talk Cubs baseball we can get you down like once a month or something I think that'd be sick but I don't know how often you're Let's in the do city it. but yeah just let me know man yeah, we'll man. figure it out
2: absolutely thank you so
0: much make sure you follow kyle at cubs underscore live man puts out the best cubs content on twitter very active i love it thanks a lot kyle man i'll talk soon
2: thanks brother